You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you wanted to discourage teenagers from the harmful habit of vaping, what messages might work best? A researcher has the answers, and InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco has the story. Gina? Thanks, Chris. The Food and Drug Administration has called teenage nicotine vaping an epidemic. Now, researchers are out with a first-of-its-kind study on the best types of messages for encouraging teens not to vape. Joining us is Dr. Seth Noor, professor with the University of North Carolina Hussman School of Journalism and Media. He was the study's corresponding author. Dr. Noor, what percentage of teens are vaping according to the latest numbers? Well, the best data we have come from the National Youth Tobacco Survey, which is conducted every year. And I believe what they found is that over 2 million young people continue to vape and use e-cigarettes. It may have come down from before the pandemic, but we still have a lot of work to do in that area. And although the terms are often used interchangeably, vaping is not exactly the same as e-cigarettes, is it? Will you describe the difference for us? It can be a little bit confusing. When these devices first emerged on the market several years ago, they looked a lot like cigarettes, and they were called electronic cigarettes, e-cigarettes. A lot of these devices have since evolved into all different shapes and sizes. Juul was the one that came out and changed the game with that USB-looking device. It's a little bit all over the place in terms of how folks refer to them. A lot of young people refer to the brand names. The term vape has become a more general term to refer to a lot of these kinds of devices. And when we talk to teens, they don't really use the term e-cigarette. They see those devices as the older, more cigarette-looking devices that adult smokers might be using to try to quit, for example. The interesting thing, too, though, is that the term vape is really kind of a misnomer. What comes out of these devices when you use them is an aerosol. It's really not a vapor. So let's talk about the most effective types of messages to put in anti-vaping advertisements geared toward teenagers. What did you find? In terms of the context here, obviously we've had these alarming numbers of young people vaping. It peaked in 2019 to the point where more than 25%, more than one in four teenagers was currently, and by currently we mean past 30 days, vaping, which is really concerning, an incredibly high number when you consider that smoking cigarettes has gone down about 5%. We're talking more than 25%. And so one of the things we haven't really known is what types of messages are really promising and may really be effective for discouraging teens from vaping and encouraging teens who have maybe started vaping to stop. And so our study looked at a big, broad set of messages, and we used a series of messages that have already been developed and are being used by public health practitioners in many states and at the federal level. So generally what we found is that a lot of the most promising messages that really seemed to work were messages about the negative and adverse effects of vaping. So the potential for really significant nicotine addiction, talking about a lot of the chemicals. There's a lot of these chemicals that are in the aerosol that you inhale when you use the devices, the effects on brain development for young people and the extent to which the aerosol can affect one's lungs. And there's more and more evidence that continued use of these devices may ultimately lead to different kinds of lung diseases. There's a lot of concern about that. And that really came through as sort of the bread and butter of messaging that really resonated with young people. And it wasn't necessarily what people thought would have been the most effective messaging, but that's what really came through. 
Now, you studied 1,500 teens. What happened when you showed them vaping prevention ads about the flavor of vaping? This study sort of gives us two major pieces of guidance. One is what I just talked about, which is what are the kinds of things that we should be talking about that will discourage teens from vaping? And we have pretty clear evidence that talking about these negative health effects is promising. But we also found things that don't work and may even have an unintended negative effect. So a couple of things that really fell flat were, for example, the environmental effects of vaping. You know, these devices you use and throw away, not good for the environment. Those messages really fell flat. Another one that sort of fell flat was about this idea of industry targeting. It's a little bit like what the Truth Campaign did years ago with cigarette smoking about, oh, big vape is kind of out to get you and they're trying to manipulate you to use these devices. Those did not do well. And then to directly address your question, one of the most concerning ones was flavors. So we know that one of the most appealing things about these devices is all of the different flavors. There's been some estimates that there's 15,000 different flavors, whether it's gummy bear and unicorn puke and all of these appealing flavors. So some messages have tried to use that to their advantage and say, oh, you know, Big Vape's trying to hook you with these flavors or that cherry flavor is actually a toxic chemical. And what we found is that not only did those messages fall flat, but it's possible that they could have an unintended effect of reminding teens that vapes contain these yummy flavors. Flavors may be a good thing to remind parents about that, you know, we need to do more on the regulation side of vaping because these flavors are so appealing to kids, but they're not a good thing to focus on when we're talking to young people about vapes. We're visiting with Dr. Seth Knorr, a University of North Carolina professor. He was the corresponding author on a study on the most effective messaging in ads against teenage vaping. The findings appear in the journal Tobacco Control. Professor, I noted in the study that it found it's best to avoid hashtags, memes, and other sort of social media communication styles in the anti-vaping advertisements. Why was that? The pattern seems to suggest that teens perhaps didn't see them as authentic. They know these messages are not coming from other teens. They're coming from health departments. They're coming from public health authorities. And it seemed to be a really clear pattern that we should think about who we are as if we're public health practitioners talking to young people, we should talk to them about our expertise. And the message seems to be speak directly about health effects, maybe illustrate them with imagery, but trying too hard to try to appeal to this young demographic does not seem to work. And finally, doctor, are there resources to help parents talk to their kids effectively if they find out the kids are vaping? I think it's definitely a really important thing for parents to talk to their kids about whether or not you know what's going on with your kids in terms of vaping. It's quite prevalent, and even kids who don't vape are going to know about it in school, and there's been a huge issue with kids vaping in school and in bathrooms and things like that. So it's going to be, unfortunately, as part of this sort of generation of what's going on with young people. It's definitely really important for parents to talk to their kids about this and about the fact that these devices really can be harmful, and the evidence on that is growing. You know, one thing that was really focused on was that these may be a less harmful alternative for adult smokers. And if adult smokers completely switch to vaping, then that may be a health benefit. And that's probably true. But the problem is that, putting that aside for a second, what's really happened with vaping is we've just had just large numbers of young people who never would have smoked cigarettes 
who have started to vape. And some of those young people go on to start smoking cigarettes and using other tobacco products. So that's really a big concern. And so I think parents talking to their kids is really important. And I think there are resources online, probably from the FDA and definitely from others, like the American Academy of Pediatrics and folks like that, that could help parents talk about that. But I think I'm a parent with two kids and it's just so important to keep the lines of communication open with your kids about a variety of things, including important topics like vaping. Dr. Seth Noor, University of North Carolina professor, thank you for talking with us today about vaping. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.